Is there anything before this last procedure that you'd want to tell your boys? I just love them very much. And I'm very sorry they've had to go through this. But without them, I wouldn't have been able to go through all these surgeries and still come out smiling. And as soon as this is over, our life goes back to normal. Warden agreed to share her story six days before brain surgery. This very rare skull expanding procedure would be her 10th and final brain surgery over the past three years. Hi, Gina DiPietro here with Novant Health Healthy Headlines. You're listening to the first of a five-part series in which Josh Jarman asks Lauren to share her story, her reason to encourage others. In this episode, hear how the family huddled together in a Burger King parking lot after they heard the news. Lauren also details a struggle with her faith and how she dealt with depression after she lost her hair, scaring her young boys. Needless to say, it's been a tough journey, but throughout it all, she found victory at the end and hopes you'll do the same. Thanks for listening. Lauren, tell me where you're from. Pulaski, Virginia, and I've been there for 23 years and it's a great place, it's country. It's great. Tell me about it. What was it like growing up there? Um, well, my mom was my principal, so it was very interesting until I graduated high school. Um, she always... You probably couldn't get away with anything. No, I couldn't, and I was the rebellious child. I was the only child. Um, I focused on culinary arts and won a lot of competitions for our state um, and got a scholarship to Johnson & Wales, and then when I graduated, I moved back to Salem and then came back to Pulaski when I met my husband. Did you always know that you wanted to be in education? Or no. It doesn't sound like it. No. Um, school was not my favorite thing. Um, I would find any reason to go home. Um, I just didn't, I, got, I was bored and I didn't care to read and didn't want to write. If it wasn't socializing, I didn't want to be there. So. When I decided that I wanted to start subbing, I was kind of, I kind of shocked everybody. And now I hear from people who knew my mom before she retired, you're just like her. What you say is what goes and what you mean is what you do. And I, I love it. I just couldn't see any day not being there. Hmm. I never thought that, Right. but I'm responsible for all these other children and not just mine. And to watch them grow, and change is amazing. And you teach preschool, is that right? Yes, I just finished my long-term sub preschool and then I'll go back after these surgeries. And, you know, my oldest son has asked me to stay away from the middle school. So I plan to do that. <laughs> I don't want to Is that just because he's there? Yes, I've kind of avoided this through all this with him, so. And you guys have three boys? Three boys. Alex will be 13 in May. Stanley just turned 11, December 14th, and then Tanner will turn 10 in May. So it's just always, we're always together. And they give me my, a lot of my strength that I didn't know I needed. When did you first notice something was wrong? Well, we had had a family tragedy and I started getting headaches, but I thought it was just stress. 
And then um, our youngest son got sick. Um, Tanner got diagnosed, which we didn't know at the time, with Crohn's and IBD. And I was under a lot of stress. He was being put under multiple times to find why he was bleeding internally, um, colonoscopies at such a young age. So headaches just kind of stayed. And then about three years ago, it felt like somebody was just sitting on my shoulders, stabbing me in my head. Oh my gosh. And it wouldn't go away. And then I started losing vision in my right eye. So <clears throat> I called my PCP and I told her, you know, something just didn't feel right. You know, pain, I was, had a high pain tolerance then. And she told me I had 10 minutes to get there. And when she looked into my eyes and started Why did she feeling, say you only had 10 minutes? Well, because she was getting ready to see other patients okay. and she was really, I'm not one to call to say I'm in pain. Yeah. That's kind of something we just suck it up and go. Right. So I think it freaked her out. And so when I got there, I was taken immediately. My blood pressure was sky high. Um, and she told me that at this time, it was I just had a tumor. She didn't know what, but I needed to get somewhere quick. And how old were you? So I will be 31 in May, so I was 28. That's pretty scary. Yeah. Getting ready to turn, so I was 27, getting ready to turn 28. What was going through your mind when she said tumor? Let's just take a deep breath and let's just pray. Let's just pray about it and then we'll go from there. I didn't want to freak out. Um, I had Tanner with me that day. He's normally always with me um, if his stomach hurts. Was he sitting in the exam room? Yes. Hearing all of it when you were? Yes. So. Did it register for him? Yes, or? it did. It registered. He didn't say anything to begin with, but when I took him to the neurologist in Virginia, and the neurologist just left it as a tumor. He did not say pseudotumor, he just left as tumor. Um, I met my husband at a, I think it was Burger King parking lot, and our child opened the van door and said I had a tumor and what was that? And I just lost it. That's how he was breaking the news? Yeah. Today. I hadn't had a chance to say anything, and you know, when we told Tanner, we don't know what it is. We haven't ran out of options. We had an MRI that Friday, and we would find out, but we weren't gonna freak out, and we were gonna pray about it. How did your husband respond in Burger King's parking lot? Um, he, he looked very sad, very sad, and just kind of numb. And of course, I'm crying, so he's having to hold me, and then he's having to go to work. So it was a very quiet day. Um, I didn't hear much from him that day. Um, I think he had to process it. You know, everything was just being thrown at us. And when he got home, he just he was very quiet for a couple of days, which was okay. How did you process it? I didn't. I didn't for a while. Um, I waited. I was told I needed to get to the eye doctor because they could see papilledema in my eyes. and. She could see the papilledema, which means your eyes are swollen, your um, optic nerves, and I was losing vision. And she wanted me to have a lumbar puncture, which is kind of to confirm pseudotumor, is if the opening pressure is high, you know, you, you have it. So... So had you lost <laughs> vision at this point? Yes. Everything... Both eyes, one eye? It started just mostly 
in my right eye and then we had kind of noticed a little bit in my left eye. And those other symptoms you were still feeling like I was stabbing? still feeling the stabbing. Um, I was getting very sick to my stomach from the pain. My blood pressure was just crazy. Um, I was hearing ringing in my ears, you know, I was, and I was losing hearing. So through this, I have lost quite a bit, um, but I, I didn't have time to process it. It was just, okay, this is what it is. What are we gonna do next? So when we did the lumbar puncture and the opening pressure was in 21, you know, she told me that I needed to come down here, which is Winston-Salem and meet Jangela. So what were you thinking when you were referred two hours away, you're leaving Virginia, having to drive to North Carolina? Had you heard of Novant Health before? No, I hadn't. Um, I was a little irritated and just because I have a hard time being away from my kids. Sure. And I was a little nervous, um, a little irritated, a little nervous. And the appointment went really quick. She referred me on a Monday and I got a call on a Wednesday and I was down here on a Thursday. Wow. Um, my GPS took me everywhere. Did you make the trip by yourself? No, I brought my mother-in-law. Um, what were you thinking? What were you guys talking about in the car? Everything we could, and then moments of silence. Um, she would try to make me laugh. Um, you know, we talked about the bat, like what could happen, because Amanda had told me that there's a possibility for shunts. We talked about um, possibility of having a stent put in. And then everything, as we got closer to 115, the exit, everything just got quiet. It was time to focus on how to get to Silas Creek and my GPS took me all around and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to figure this out. You know, this is really different from back home. This is like being in um, Char Charlottesville where UVA is. So it was, it was a little overwhelming. So what were your initial thoughts on meeting Dr. Tangela? Were we gonna get along? Because I'm very um, blunt. Um, and I have a personality that you have to learn. Um, and then he came in and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna like him. Cause he was just so straightforward. And it was like a guy version of me. Uh -huh. And I was like, this isn't going to work. Oh no. <laughs> and he told me that I needed to lose some weight. And I was like- Straight to. Straight to the point. And I was like, okay. And that really, I did not care for that. Um, I was only 30 pounds overweight. So he told me that I would come back in two weeks and do the MRV and then we would go from there and hopefully just put a stent in. So that appointment lasted all 30 minutes too long. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is just isn't going to work. Like he is not my cup of tea. And then I ended I have a great place for him in my heart. He's turned into someone I really care about and admire and, and thankful. He is very blunt, and doesn't sugarcoat anything with me, and he understands when I'm scared and when I'm not. So we, I really appreciate him, and I'm blessed to have him. So you came back two weeks later? Mm -hmm. Two weeks later, I'd had my second MRV, um, scared to death, because I don't like tight spaces. I don't like noises, really loud noises. So it's supposed to take 45 minutes and I'm like freaking out. 
and it only took 25. So I was all happy about that. And after which, where it's at, where they used to be, you go to the NRV and you go straight upstairs to him. So he had the results immediately. So we go there, get it done, go upstairs. He comes in and Richard and I, who's my husband, are hoping for just a stent. And he said it wasn't possible, that my veins were too narrow and I was gonna have to have a shunt. I blacked out because you don't, being as young as I was and then hearing brain surgery, I just went numb. And then my husband started talking and then he kind of zoned out. And then it was, it was like, okay, here's your surgery date, which was in two weeks. So it was, it got real, real quick. I was gonna lose my hair, um, which is really hard because my hair was really long. Um, I was going you have to learn that it's okay not to have hair. I was gonna have scars on my head that I've never had. Um, so that's when part of me became, just, I became like, I lost my faith at that point. Um, I didn't understand why me, why my family. Um, and it just kind of stayed there for a while. Well, after surgery, I woke up and I had no hair in the middle. So when I got home to my kids, they could see just the, the staples. They were scared. And then I decided the day after I came home to take the rest of my hair. And so with not being able to prepare them, I couldn't prepare myself either. So then I got depressed. And it was kind of hard to watch two of my children who clung to me not want to even touch me. And they were scared to touch me. They wouldn't even hug me. What did that do to you as a mom? As a mom, that kind of, that broke me on the inside. Um, I didn't let them know that. Um, but once it was time for them to go to bed, my husband shut the door and I just cried. And then our youngest one, who's very close to me, um, he came in around nine o'clock that night and he asked, he asked Daddy if he could get in the bed. And Daddy told him yes, and Tanner always slept in the middle with us. And he wouldn't, he slept right beside his dad on the edge. And it just kind of, part of me just kind of died. And it took him about two weeks to really actually touch me and hug me. And then the other two were okay within a couple days. Been, it's, it's been hard on me, but it's been hard on them. But they clung to faith and praying, and I, it took me a minute to get there. Um, but they did. They, I tell them all the time, they'll never know how much they were my strength through all this. And until they have children, they'll never understand that because of them, I decide to get up every day and not be sad and not lay in the bed and just continue to push through this. And it's almost over and our life will go back to normal.
Gina DiPietro again. In the next episode, Lorne Warden shares how she struggled to be a mom and a wife while also dealing with panic attacks and more tough surgeries. For more expert advice, search Novant Health Healthy Headlines. Don't forget to rate us, review us, and subscribe to this and all the Novant Health podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, or anywhere you choose to listen. We post new episodes all the time. Most are just 15 minutes. Thanks for listening.